Chapter thirty seven of Our Vanishing Wildlife. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Jennings. Our Vanishing Wildlife by William T. Hornaday. Chapter thirty seven Game Preserves and Game Laws in Canada. As now set forth on the map of North America, Canada is a vast country. We must no longer think of Ontario and Quebec as Canada West and Canada East, because the new assistant nation owns and rules everything from Labrador to British Columbia, and all the northern mainland save Alaska. Although the fauna of Canada is strictly boreal, it is sufficiently dispersed and diversified to demand wise legislation, and plenty of it. For a nation with an outfit of provinces so new, Canada already is well advanced in the matter of game laws and game preserves, and in some respects she has set the pace for her southern neighbours. For example, in New Brunswick we see the lordly moose successfully hunted for sport, not only without being exterminated, but actually on a basis that permits it to increase in number. In Nova Scotia we see a law in force which successfully prohibits the waste of moose meat, a loss that characterises moose hunting everywhere else throughout the range of that animal. All over southern Canada the use of automatic shotguns in hunting is strictly prohibited. On the other hand, the laws of Canadians are weak in not preventing the sale of all wild game, and the killing of antelope. In the matter of game selling there are far too many open doors, and a sweeping reform is very necessary. Speaking generally, and with application from Labrador to British Columbia, the American process of game extermination according to law is vigorously and successfully being pursued by the people of Canada. The open seasons are too long, and the bag limits are too generous to the gunners. As it is elsewhere, the bag limits on birds are a farce, because it is impossible to enforce them, save on every tenth man. For example, in his admirable final report of the Ontario Game and Fisheries Commission, 1912, Commissioner Kelly Evans says, The prairie chicken, which formerly was comparatively plentiful throughout the greater portion of the Rainy River District, has now become practically extinct in that region. Various causes have been assigned for this, but it would seem, as usual, to have been mainly the fault of indiscriminate and excessive slaughter. Like the United States, the various portions of Canada have their various local troubles in wildlife protection. I think the greatest practical difficulties, and the most real opposition to adequate measures, is found in the provinces of Quebec and Ontario. Is it because the French-descended population is impatient of real restraint, and objects to measures that are drastic even though they are necessary? In Ontario, Commissioner Evans has been splendidly supported by the government, and by all the real sportsmen of that province. But the gunners and guerrillas of destruction have successfully postponed several of the reforms that he has advocated, and which should have been carried into effect. So far as public moral support for game protection is concerned, I think that the prairie and mountain provinces have the best of it. In Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, Athabasca, and British Columbia, the spirit of the people is mainly correct, and the chief thing that seems to be lacking is a Kelly Evans in each of those provinces to urge public sentiment into strong action. For example, why should Alberta still permit the hunting and killing of prong-horned antelope, when it is so well known that that species is vanishing like a mist before the morning sun? I think it is because no one seems to have risen up, as Geo Shields did in the United States, to make a big fuss about it, and demand a reform. At any rate, all the provinces of Canada that still possess antelope should immediately pass laws giving that species absolute close seasons for ten years. 
Why neglect it longer when such neglect is now so very wrong? Whether this is done or not, I sincerely hope that hereafter no true American sportsman will be guilty of killing one of the vanishing antelope of Canada, even though the law doth give it. THE GAME PRESERVES OF CANADA In the creation of national parks and game preserves, some of the provinces of the Canadian nation have displayed a degree of foresight and enterprise that merits sincere admiration. While in different provinces the exact status of these establishments may vary somewhat, the main purpose of each is the same, the preservation of the forests and the wildlife. In all of them a regulated amount of fishing is permitted, and in some the taking of fur-bearing animals is permitted. But I believe in all the birds and furless mammals are strictly protected. In some parks the carrying of firearms is still permitted, but that privilege is quite out of harmony with the spirit and purpose of a game preserve, and should be abolished. If it is necessary to carry firearms through a preserve, as often happens in the Yellowstone Park, it can be done under seals that are affixed by duly appointed officers, and thus will temptation be kept out of the way of sinners. Up to this date I have never seen a publication which set forth in one place even so much as an annotated list of the game preserves of the various provinces of Canada, and at present exact information regarding them is rather difficult to obtain. It seems that an adequate governmental publication on this subject is now due, and overdue. Ontario At the present time, says Commissioner Evans in his final report, the Algonquin National Park is the only actual game preserve in the province, being in fact a game reserve and not a forest reserve, but in the past at least a measure of protection would seem to have been afforded the game in most of the forest reserves, owing to the fact that the carrying of firearms therein has been discouraged and it would appear to require but the passing of an order in council to render the carrying of firearms in all reserves illegal. It is sincerely to be hoped that not only will such action be taken without delay, but also that all the forest reserves will be declared game reserves in the strictest sense. To this sentiment all friends of wildlife will join a fervent wish for its realization. As conditions are today, it is impossible to have too many game reserves. There is everything to gain and nothing to lose by making every national forest and forest reserve on the whole continent of North America a game preserve in the strictest sense, and we hope to live to see that end accomplished both in the United States and Canada. The Algonquin National Park is situated in the Perry Sound region, just above the Muskoka Lakes, and it has an area of 1,930 square miles. It is well stocked with moose, caribou, white-tailed deer, black bear, and beaver. During the period of protection, the beaver have increased so greatly that about 1,000 were trapped last year for the market by officers of the government, and about 25 were sold to zoological gardens and parks, at $25 each. The Quetico Forest Reserve, area 1,560 square miles, was created as the Canadian complement of the Minnesota National Forest and Game Preserve. The two join on the international boundary, and each helps to protect the other. Both are well stocked with moose, and will render valuable service in the preservation of a mid-continental contingent of that species. Alberta In the making of game preserves, the province of Alberta has been splendidly progressive and liberal. The total result is fairly beyond the reach of ordinary words of praise. It sets a pace that should result in widespread benefits to the wildlife of North America. In it there is nothing faint-hearted. It should make some of our states think seriously regarding their own shortcomings in this particular field of endeavor. Alberta's National Parks Rocky Mountains Park 2,764,800 acres 
Yoho Park, 1,799,680 acres. Glacier Park, 1,474,560 acres. Buffalo Park, 384,000 acres. Elk Island Park, 40,000 acres. Jasper Park, 3,488,000 acres. Waterton Lakes Park, 34,560 acres. Totaling 9,985,600 acres. The Rocky Mountains Park is near Banff. The Yoho and Glacier Parks are near Field. The Buffalo Park is near Wainwright, on the Plains, and it was created and fenced especially as a home for the herd of American bison that was purchased in Montana in 1909. It now contains 1,052 head of bison, 20 moose, 35 deer, 7 elk, and 6 antelope. The Elk Island Park is near Fort Saskatchewan in Lamont, and at this date, 1912, contains 53 bison, 28 elk, 30 deer, and 5 moose. The bison subsist entirely by grazing, and upon hay cut within the park. Jasper Park, established in 1908, is on the Athabasca River and the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway, near Strathcona. Sixty miles of the railway line lie within the park. Scenically, Jasper Park is a rival of Rocky Mountains Park, and undoubtedly possesses great attractions for travelers who appreciate the beauties and grandeur of nature as expressed in mountains, valleys, lakes, and streams. Waterton Lakes Park is situated in the extreme southwestern corner of Alberta, in the Rocky Mountains, surrounding the Waterton Lakes. At present it is nine miles long from north to south, and six miles wide, with its southern end resting on the international boundary, and adjoining our glacier park. It is the home of a few bands of mountain sheep that carry very large horns. Through the initiative of Frederick Cave Vreeland, the Campfire Club of America two years ago represented to the government of Alberta the great desirability of enlarging this preserve toward the north and west, the better to protect the mountain sheep and other big game of that region. The suggestion was received in a friendly spirit, and there is good reason to hope that at an early date the enlargement will be made. British Columbia This province has made an excellent beginning in the creation of game preserves. The first agitation on that subject was begun in 1906 by two sportsmen whose names in connection with it have long since been forgotten. On November 15, 1908, the Legislative Council of British Columbia issued a proclamation that created a very fine game preserve in the East Kootenai District, between the Elk and Bull Rivers, and northwestward thereof to the White River Country. By an unfortunate oversight, the new preserve never has been officially named, but we may designate it here as the Elk River Game Preserve. This preserve has a total area of about 450 square miles, and includes a fine tract of mountains, valleys, lakes, and streams. It contained in 1908 about 1,000 mountain goats, 200 sheep, a few elk and deer, and about 50 grizzly bears. All these have notably increased during the period of absolute protection that they have enjoyed. It is probable that this preserve contains more white mountain goats than any other preserve that thus far has been made. It was in this region that Mr. John M. Phillips and Professor Henry Fairfield Osborne made the first mountain goat photographs ever made at close range. It is to be hoped that the protection of this preserve, both as to its wildlife and its timber, will be made perpetual. Fraser River Preserve Next, after the above, there was created in British Columbia a game preserve covering a large portion of the mountain territory that rises between the north and south forks of the Fraser River. It is about 75 miles long, 
about thirty miles wide, and contains about two thousand two hundred and fifty square miles. Concerning its character and wildlife population we have no details. Yellicum Game Preserve On the north side of Bridge River, a western tributary of the Fraser, about twenty miles above Lillooet, there has been established a game preserve having an area of about two hundred and fifteen square miles. Manitoba in the making of game preserves, Manitoba has made an excellent beginning. It is good to see from Duck Mountain in the north to Turtle Mountain in the south a chain of four liberal preserves, each one protected in unmistakable terms as following. Carrying firearms, hunting, or trapping, strictly prohibited within this area. The lake regions of Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta form what is probably the most important wildfowl breeding ground in North America. To a great extent it rests with those provinces to say whether the central United States shall have any ducks and geese or not. It is high time that an international treaty should be made between the United States, Canada, and Mexico, for the federal protection of all migratory birds. These preserves are of course intended to conserve wildfowl, shorebirds, grouse, and all other birds, as well as big game. Thanks to the cooperation of Mr. J. M. McCoon of the Canadian Geological Survey, I am able to offer the following. List of Manitoba's Game Preserves Duck Mountain Preserve 207,360 acres Riding Mountain Preserve 230,000 acres Spruce Woods Preserve 40,960 acres Turtle Mountain Preserve 64,000 acres Totaling 542,320 acres Manitoba is to be congratulated on this record. Quebec. This province has created two huge game preserves, well worthy of the fauna that they are intended to conserve, when all hunting in them is prohibited. The Laurentides National Park is second in area of all the national parks of Canada, being surpassed only by the Rocky Mountains Park of British Columbia. Its area is 3,565 square miles, or 2,281,600 acres. It occupies the entire central portion of the great area surrounded by Lake St. John, the Saguenay River, the wide portion of the St. Lawrence, and the St. Maurice River on the west. Its southern boundary is in several places only 16 miles from the St. Lawrence, while its most northern angle is within 13 miles of Lake St. John. Its greatest width from east to west is 71 miles, and its greatest length from north to south is 79 miles. It covers a huge watershed in which over a dozen large rivers and many small ones have their sources. It is indeed a forest primeval. The rivers are well stocked with fish, and the big game includes moose, woodland caribou, black bear, lynx, beaver, marten, fisher, mink, fox, and sad to say, the gray wolf. The caribou live in rather small bands, from ten up to a hundred. Unfortunately, hunting under license is permitted in the Laurentian National Park, and therefore it is by no means a real game preserve. It is a near preserve. The Gaspasian Forest, Fish, and Game Preserve, created in 1906, is in the Gaspé country, and it has an area of 2,500 square miles, situated in the eastern Quebec counties of Gaspé and Matane. The Connaught National Park, to be named in honour of His Royal Highness the Duke of Connaught, has been proposed by Mr. J. M. McCoon, of the Canadian Geological Survey. The general location chosen is the mountains and forested territory north of Ottawa and the Ottawa River, within easy access from the Canadian capital. On the map, the location recommended lies between the Gatineau River on the east and Wolf Lake on the west. 
The proposal is meeting with much popular favor, and it is extremely probable that it will be carried into effect at an early date. Labrador. During the past two years, Lieutenant Colonel William Wood has strongly advocated the making of game preserves in Labrador, that will not only tend to preserve the scanty fauna of that region from extinction, but will also aid in bringing it back. While Colonel Wood's very energetic and praiseworthy campaign has not yet been crowned with success, undoubtedly it will be successful in the near future, because ultimately such causes always win their objects, because they are prosecuted with the firm and unflagging persistence which has characterized this particular campaign. We congratulate Colonel Wood on the success that he will achieve in the near future. Game Laws of the Canadian Provinces Alberta The worst feature of the Alberta laws is the annual open season on antelope, two of which may be killed under each license. This is entirely wrong, and a perpetual close season should at once be enacted. Duck shooting in August is wrong, and the season should not open until September. It is not right that duck killing should be made so easy and so fearfully prolonged that extermination is certain. All killing of cranes and shorebirds should be absolutely stopped for five years. No wheat-producing province can afford the expense to the wheat crops of the slaughter of shorebirds, thirty species of which are great crop protectors. The bag limit of two sheep is too high by fifty percent. It should immediately be cut down to one sheep before sheep hunting in Alberta becomes a lost art. Sheep hunting should not be encouraged. Quite the reverse. There are already too many sheep-crazy sportsmen. The bag limit on grouse and ptarmigan of twenty per day, or two hundred in a season, is simply legalized slaughter, no more and no less, and if it is continued a grouseless province will be the quick result. The birds are not sufficiently numerous to withstand the guns on that basis. Alberta should be wiser than the states below the international boundary that are annihilating their remnants of birds as fast as they can be found. British Columbia. We note with much satisfaction that the provincial game warden, Mr. A. Brian Williams, has been allowed $37,000 for the pay of game wardens, and $28,000 for the destruction of wolves, coyotes, pumas, and other game-destroying animals. During the past two years, the following game destroyers were killed, and bounties were paid upon them. Wolves, coyotes, cougars, horned owls, golden eagles totaling 3,374 in 1909-1910, and 6,806 in 1910-1911. Now, says Warden Williams in his excellent annual report for 1911, in these two years a total of 2,896 wolves and cougars, and 5,141 coyotes were destroyed, as well as a number of others poisoned and not recovered for the bounty allowing fifty head for each wolf and cougar and ten for each coyote, by their bounties alone a hundred and ninety-six thousand two hundred ten head of game and domestic animals were saved. Is it any wonder that deer are increasing almost everywhere? The great horned owl has been, and still is, a great scourge to the upland game birds, partly because when game is abundant they become fastidious and eat only the brains of their prey. The destruction of 3,139 of them on the lower mainland during the last two years has made these owls sing very small, and says the warden, is it any wonder that grouse are again increasing? I have discussed with the provincial game warden the advisability of putting a limit of one on the grizzly bear, but Mr. Williams advances good reasons for the opinion that it would be impractical to do so at present. I am quite sure, however, that the time has arrived when a limit of one is necessary. 
During the present year, three of my friends who went hunting in British Columbia each killed three grizzly bears. Hereafter I will locate no more bear hunters in that country until the bag limit is reduced to one grizzly per year. Since 1905, the trapping of bears south of the main line of the Canadian Pacific Railway has been stopped, and an excellent move, too. A rocky mountain without a grizzly bear is like a tissue-paper rose. The bag limit on the big game of British Columbia is at least twice too liberal. Five deer, two elk, two moose, one in Kootenay County, three caribou, and three goats. There is no necessity for such wasteful liberality. Few sportsmen go to British Columbia for the sake of a large lot of animals. I know many men who have been there to hunt, and the great majority cared more for the scenery and the wild romance of camping out in ground mountains than for blood and trophies. Manitoba. What are we to think of a bag limit of fifty ducks per day in October and November? A limit, indeed. Evidently Manitoba is tired of having ducks, ruffed grouse, pinnated and other grouse, pestering her farmers and laborers. While assuming to fix bag limits that will be of some benefit to those species, the limit is distinctly off, and nothing short of a quick and drastic reform will save a remnant that will remain visible to the naked eye. New Brunswick. This is the banner province in the protection of moose, caribou, and deer, even while permitting them to be shot for sport. Of course only the males are killed, and I am assured by competent judges that thus far the killing of the finest and largest male moose has had no bad effect upon the stature or antlers of the species as a whole. Nova Scotia. If there is anything wrong in the game laws of Nova Scotia, it lies in the wide-open sale of moose meat and all kinds of feathered game during the open season. If that province were more heavily populated, it would mean a great destruction of game. Even with conditions as they are, the sale permitted is entirely wrong, and against the best interests of 97% of the people. As previously mentioned, the law against the waste of moose meat is both novel and admirable. The saving of any considerable portion of the flesh of a full-grown bull moose, along with its head, is a large order, but it is right. The degree of accountability to which guides are held for the doings of men whom they pilot into the woods is entirely commendable, and worthy of imitation. If a sportsman or gunner does the wrong thing, the guide loses his license. Saskatchewan This is another of the two liberal provinces, having no real surplus of big game with which to sustain for any length of time an excess of generosity. I am told that in this province there is now a great deal of open country around each wild animal, and yet it cheerfully offers two moose, two elk, two caribou, and two antelope per season to each licensed gunner or sportsman. The limit is too generous by half. Why throw away an extra $250 worth of game with each license? That is precisely what the people of Saskatchewan are doing today. And that antelope killing, it should be stopped at once and for ten years. Yukon. This province permits the sale of all the finest and best wild game within its borders. Moose, elk, caribou, bison, muskox, sheep, and goats. The flesh of all these may be sold during the open season and for sixty days thereafter. Of the species named above, the barren ground caribou is the only one regarding which we need not worry, because that species still exists in millions. The Osborne caribou, can be exterminated in our own times, because it is nowhere really numerous, and it inhabits exposed situations. End of chapter 37